Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, may the written word and the spoken word be the living word in our hearts and lives this day. In the name of Christ, amen. Some people, and it's some of my friends, have occasionally called me a bit of a traditionalist. And in many ways, that's true. I used to be a chef, and I always make bread and butter pudding as bread and butter pudding. So I have got a great respect from uh, new chefs who think that you should make it with croissants and lots of chocolate and fresh cream. I'm sorry, but if Mrs. Beaton says it's fine, then it is fine. I also have probably an unhealthy relationship with Jaffa Cakes. And they need to be proper Jaffa Cakes, not the ones that you see on the stands these days with lemon or blackcurrant or strawberries. Tradition in my family as a child also was quite important. For instance, on Christmas Day, we did the same thing at the same time practically every year. We would get up, we would open our presents, not any presents, just the stockings. Then we would go to church and the minister would say, what have you got? and we'd all run around and show everybody what we've got for our presents. Then we'd have lunch, and I was always the one who made prawn cocktail, and we always had prawn cocktail. Then we would listen to the Queen's speech, and my mother used to make us stand up for the national anthem. And then it was only that time when we got to open what we might call our main presents and that was in the sitting room, the room which nobody ever went to apart from on special occasions. And after that, we would have tea and cake, and the Christmas cake would have one candle in it, and we'd all have to stand there and sing happy birthday to Jesus every year. And friends, if you were raised in perhaps kind of a stable environment, chances were that things that you did became tradition each year. And the meanings of those traditions perhaps was deeper than the action itself. For instance, I grew up in Lancashire. And from my point of view, Lancastrians are really warm, friendly, and welcoming. And in our house, there was always a welcome to visitors. My mum always loved to have a full house. Sometimes to people who were down on their luck or there was just wanted somewhere to stay for a few nights and there was always homemade cake and a pot of tea on the table. Looking back, I didn't really feel that it had anything to do about being hungry and thirsty, but a sign of hospitality and community a sign of respect and relationship. I suppose I didn't really realize how deep that tradition had impacted on me until I left home, and that type of welcome didn't seem to be there as it was in my own home. In that gospel reading this morning, the religious leaders criticized Jesus' disciples for not washing their hands before eating. 
And clearly, this is more than just about a concern for hygiene. For the Pharisees, this was about tradition, faithfulness, respect, and honor. And it wasn't just about running, running hands underwater and singing happy birthday twice, or as some people in the church over the last 18 months of saying, rather than singing happy birthday, let's sing the Lord's Prayer twice. But it was the ritual washing was a holding out spiritual and ceremonial cleanliness. Washing hands was about being presentable before God. And that commitment to the ritual came from a deep desire to be faithful to God and respectful of the cultural and religious tradition of honoring the faith and the elders. So we could say that it came from a good place. There's some value in respecting and appreciating rituals and traditions within our communities and of those of our community leaders. However, when it became something that used to draw the lines between the insider and the outsider, when it became something about a measuring stick for faithfulness and loyalty to God, loyalty to God, Jesus was compelled to call them out on it with some pretty harsh language. And I think whilst it's easy for us to read this text this morning and point out the judgment nature of the Pharisees, Jesus' response cautions us to be aware of our own tendencies of this kind of behavior as well. Because it's not about washing or not washing of hands that determines our faithfulness, Jesus says. It says, what's in your heart? And of course, looking back to my childhood in that family, I could probably think of a few times where I probably went through the motions of making the tea for the visitors when I wanted to do something else. But you see, what Jesus is saying is not that the ritual of cleansing was a bad tradition. Jesus wasn't saying that the tradition of the elders needed to be thrown out. It's that the tradition had become the evaluation of the heart stuff, faithfulness to God and commitment to community. And it's that tradition which is used the, to point out the, the point out deficiencies in other people. Because offering tea or coffee to a guest doesn't itself make me a welcoming person or a caring person, but it's my actions and behavior that should reflect the conditions of my heart. Friends, we all know that there is power and meaning in this message about God and God's love for the world. But there are also times when traditions and structures we've put around that message have become the value. But at the same time, we aren't quite ready to get rid of the traditions and practices because it's those things that help us tell the story about our understanding of God's faithfulness to us as well. And it's those things that celebrate our gratitude 
for God's relationship with us as a people. And so it's hard for us to imagine this story being shared in a context other than the one that we are familiar with or surrounded by rituals and traditions different from those that are so meaningful to us. So perhaps this morning we need to reflect on perhaps a few questions. What are the traditions and rituals that are practically meaningful to you as you reflect on God's participation in your life? What are those things that you do or that are done in the community that most speak deeply about you and your faith? Are there ways that we use our external behaviors to draw lines that unnecessarily exclude others? How is God inviting you and me to share the power of love and grace and all those things that we have been given by God through faith in Christ with those around you? Both those readings from James and the Gospel invites us both internally and externally to look at our attitudes and our behaviors as the disciples of Christ. And let me be clear, both those readings have to do with responding to God and showing up in the world. God's invitation to come to the table and be filled with the gift of forgiveness and life which is for all of us. And yes, even if we haven't washed our hands or shared a hot drink with a visitor. For each of us are called to grow as followers of Christ. The call of the gospel is for us as we continue to seek first God's kingdom and to form communities that are radically welcoming committed to justice and rooted in the gospel and sent out into the world. Amen. <laughs>